Hello, welcome to Smoke News Radio, episode number 23. Tonight, we are going to be talking about the marijuana politics all the way from Colombia to Arizona. Okay, let's jump on in. My name is Jason Brodsky. I'm your host tonight. And the first article we have is from InsightCrime.org. This was written by Seth Robbins, titled, A Green Gold Rush, Potent Marijuana Big Business for Columbia Traffickers. While Colombia is known for its vast coca fields, the hillsides of its cacao region are covered in another illicit crop, highly potent marijuana. These lucrative strains of cannabis, known collectively as Creepa, Crippy, or Creepy, are being grown in vast quantities by farmers, sold by local gangs, and trafficked by powerful criminal groups that have come to control its cultivation and transport to neighboring countries. What distinguishes creepy marijuana is its high levels of psychoactive drug THC, whereas normal marijuana's THC concentrates hover in the single digits. Creepy contains between 15 and 25 (coughs) percent, said Juan Daniel Gomez, a professor of neuroscience at Pontificia Universidad, Havaniria in Bogota, and it produces a different effect. The high is much higher, but also shorter, Gomez said. While it's still unclear whether such powerful strains of marijuana are harmful, it is well known that THC has the potential to aggravate psychiatric conditions. Gomez said that the use of Creepy has skyrocketed locally, with addiction clinics in Colombia seeing more patients abusing the drug. What surprises me is that you practically can't get regular marijuana now, Gomez says. Colombia's marijuana boom is largely centered in Cuaca a department that touches the Pacific Ocean and contains the colonial city of Popayan. Desolate mountain towns in its northern reaches provide fertile ground for the crop. Cacao accounted for 233 hectares of marijuana in 2016, according to the Colombian Drug Observatory. The number, however, is likely higher, given that no survey method has been developed in Colombia for marijuana crops. The United Nations Office on Drugs and Crimes Illicit Cultivations Monitoring System said in its 2016 report, more than 6,000 farmers grow marijuana in northern Kaka. These farms can range from family-tended plots of a few hundred plants to four or five hectares controlled by drug trafficking groups. 
An agricultural engineer who works in marijuana cultivation told Insight Crime, the average plot has about 2,000 plants, and a pound of marijuana costs any between, anywhere between $9 American to $45 American, depending on crop yields, he said. Local indigenous groups were the first to cultivate cannabis in the region and are permitted to do so under tribal law. The potent strains of what became known as Creepy began arriving in the early 80s from Europe. <clears throat> but it wasn't until the 2000s that their cultivation really took off thanks to investment from trafficking groups. It got out of hand, the agricultural engineer said. The creepy bonanza has drawn criminal actors of all stripes. Small local gangs traffic marijuana to Colombian cities, while illegal armed groups such as the National Liberation Army and dissidents from the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia demand vacunas or taxes on the transport, sale, and movement of the drug. According to Semana Rural, one ex-FARC mafia cell in northern Coca counts some 200 men. Large-scale traffickers fill trucks with up to 3,000 pounds of marijuana, the source said. The narco-traffickers have almost everything bought up. The criminal groups have also brought with them renewed violence to the region as they battled out for control of illicit crops, which also include coca and poppy. In 2019, more than 30 indigenous leaders have been gunned down in northern coca and pamphlets under various names have disseminated threats against them. All of this robbed us of our peace, an indigenous leader told Semana. Crime, robbery, killings all shot up. In June, authorities in Colombia seized more than 500 kilograms of creepy marijuana with several seizures occurring in the Caribbean city of Barranquilla. Shipped by courier, the drug was hidden in cargo consisting of shoes, clothes, and produce. Smugglers also concealed 75 kilograms of the drug within metal door frames. The frames were stuffed with mayonnaise, ketchup, and coffee to mask the marijuana's odor, though a drug dog sniffed out the ruse. The marijuana was largely destined for a gang known as Los Costeños that runs drug trafficking points in and around the city. El Jorado reported, similarly, in Medellin, local mafias under criminal federation known as Oficina de Envigado are behind the sale and distribution of creepy marijuana, according to El Colombiano. Massive quantities of the drug have also begun to be smuggled. In April 2018, more than 3,500 kilograms were discovered in a tanker truck at a chest 
point just north of Kokaa. The department recently saw a seizure of about 1.5 tons of marijuana wrapped in brown tape and stamped with the faces of Osama bin Laden and Pablo Escobar. The large shipments travel along established cocaine routes to other countries, including those dominated by drug trafficking groups in the Santa Marta region on the Caribbean coast. From there, the marijuana is sent by boat to Trinidad and Tobago and Central America, where it sells for up to 4,000 a kilogram. Traffickers have even smuggled the drug with cocaine. In Bolivia, authorities discovered nearly 200 kilograms of creepy marijuana alongside 100 kilograms of cocaine paste after tracking a helicopter to a hidden airstrip. Up to a ton of Colombian creepy marijuana crosses into Venezuela each month. According to authorities, often concealed in sacks of sugar or within machinery, it is smuggled aboard cargo trucks that reaches Venezuela's northern coastline, where it is loaded onto small boats heading to other points in the Caribbean. Marijuana destined from Brazil from Cauca moves east through the Amazon region. In July, Authorities dismantled a criminal group, Los Puntilleros, that smuggled three tons of the drug each month by truck along this route, ultimately passing it along to the powerful Brazilian gang, Family of the North. And creepy marijuana from Colombia has made it as far south as Chile, passing through both Ecuador and Peru, according to State Department's 2019 International Narcotics Control Strategy Report. There it sells for as much as 5,000 per kilogram. In northern Coca, a line of four towns about 80 kilometers apart run along the hillsides of marijuana plantations. Together, Miranda, Corinto, Toribio and Yambalo have a population of about 100,000 people, with nearly half living in rural parts. The agricultural engineer, who spoke to Insight Crime, said that in these villages, up to 70% of rural indigenous families are living off marijuana cultivation. Growing this highly potent cannabis is not simple, but over time, the coca farmers have become specialists in its cultivation. The engineer said the rigging of nighttime grow lights, which increase crop yield, is now so common that when it gets dark, the hills appear to be dotted with Christmas creches, he said. To stop the growth in illegal cannabis, Colombia officials have ordered the region's electricity to be cut off at night. Late last month, however, angry residents in Corinto and Miranda protested the blackouts, blocking roads 
and service workers from reaching energy substations. They even confronted local police. The engineer said he would prefer the government find a way to work with the farmers, either through the growing of marijuana for legal uses or through crop substitution programs. Turning off the lights will do little, he said. The marijuana is everywhere. That was brought to you by InsightCrime.org, written by Seth Robbins. A green gold rush, potent marijuana, big business for Columbia traffickers. Okay. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. And here we go. This is from Forbes.com. Public cannabis consumption now allowed in Colombia. Is full marijuana legalization next? Written by Javier Hase and read to you by Jason Brodsky. It's been seven years since Colombia decriminalized the possession of small amounts of cannabis and other illicit drugs and about three years since the South American country legalized medical cannabis. And while home cultivation for personal use is allowed, recreational cannabis remains illegal to date. In another big step for a country blessed with ideal conditions to grow marijuana, the legal framework and labor costs needed to make it profitable and an export quota second to none which represents more than 25% of the world's total cannabis that can be traded worldwide. Colombia's constitutional court overruled a ban on the public consumption of cannabis this week, as reported by LA Weekly's cannabis editor Michael Miller. According to sources close to the matter, Colombia's constitutional court ruled that portions of President Ivan Duque's 2017 police code, which banned public cannabis consumption, among other things, is unconstitutional, as it violates citizens' fundamental rights instead of protecting public and children's safety as it was supposed to. The police code was put into effect in 2017 as a political attempt to limit and punish cannabis usage after medical use was approved, and many portions of this code are considered erroneous and unjustified, opposition Senator Gustavo Bolivar told Miller. However, the author adds, the ruling was actually based on technical legislative errors rather than a political will to change laws. Natalia Springer explains what these technical problems are in a Spanish-language website. She assures the police code was so badly drafted that the court had to overturn it. The law considered drinking a can of beer during a picnic at noon as the same kind of offense as selling a kilo of cocaine by an elementary school, explaining that the court's ruling is not about supporting drug consumption in public spaces, but rather about forcing Congress to rewrite the police code in a more sensible fashion. This decision 
pertains to place and circumstance and reasonableness and proportionality, the court said. President Duque, who has been a vocal opponent of legalization, even though he understands the economic potential of medical marijuana, was not happy with the ruling. However, he said he'd accept it. Sandra Carrillo, MD, is a well-known Colombian medical doctor. Certified as an expert in cannabis medicine, when prompted about the court's move, she applauded the overturning of a badly written law as it places the onus to write a clearer and more sensible law on the government. Carrillo acknowledges cannabis consumption has health risks, but those risks are smaller than those of alcohol or tobacco, she told me. The government needs to think through and create a fair and reasonable regulatory regime instead of repeating the mistakes of the past. According to these comments, Michael Miller told me he thinks the Constitutional Court's action is extraordinary from a legal and historical standpoint. In furtherance of its original ruling in 1994, the court maintains the high principles of civil liberty and free choice predicated upon fundamental United Nations human rights conventions. Personal freedom, honor, and ethics are the victors here, along with the Colombian people. The court ruling this week might just be a stepping stone for full legalization, some experts believe. According to local Colombian media, a multi-party bloc is preparing to propose a total shift in the war on drugs in the form of a far-reaching drug policy reform bill led by Senator Bolivar. The group plans to introduce the legislation in Congress at the end of July. We are going to formulate a new drug policy for our country, one based on evidence and numbers, one that will allow us to think of an effective strategy since all data we examine shows a big fail in our war against drugs, said Senator Bolivar as he explained the reason behind the new initiative. Colombia has spent more than 140 million fighting traffickers in the last 15 years. By means of conclusion, Miller said if Duque government is able to put politics aside for the benefit of all Colombians. The country has the potential to be the Canada and Israel of cannabis in Latin America and drive a new economic revolution. As the market develops in this beautiful country, investors should keep a close eye on legislative and legal developments. Opportunity abounds. Some of us, having been calling it for a while, others like Barron's, are only now arriving at the party. This is written by Forbes.com, by Javier Hase, titled Public Cannabis Consumption Now Allowed in Colombia is Full Marijuana Legalization Next. All right, so you're listening to Smoke News Radio. Your host here, Jason Brodsky. And uh, let's check out this guy here. This is from ABC15actionkaratenews.com. Uh, 
written by Joe Inya, titled MSCO, $380,000 worth of weapons, apologize, $380,000 worth of marijuana, money, and weapons found in North PHX drug lab bust. Phoenix MCSO investigators raided a home in North Phoenix that was allegedly being used for a large cannabis oil manufacturing and distribution site for over a year. On September 12th, investigators from the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office served a search warrant on a home near 27th Avenue and Carefree Highway. Inside, they allegedly found a large closed-loop butane honey oil extraction system. They also found a large amount of cannabis oil, refined cannabis oil, 200 pounds of marijuana, and more than 1,000 cartridges of narcotic cannabis that can be used for vaping, according to court records. Investigators say the cartridges are worth over $75,000. In total, $380,000 worth of drugs, firearms, and cash were seized. Authorities arrested Colby Jacob Stevens, 23, and Tucker Wade Reese, 23, at the home, but say there may be others involved in the enterprise. Seen photos from the MSCO show snacks infused with cannabis, including Sour Dab Kids, Flaming Hot Weedos, and Weed Thins. We are focusing on protecting the young adults in our community, said MCSO Sheriff Paul Penzone. We will not tolerate criminal activity targeting adolescents for profit at the expense of health. The sheriff continued, I would like to thank the Maricopa County Drug Suppression Task Force and our partners in the Black Mountain Precinct at the Phoenix Police Department for their collaborative partnership in getting these criminals off the streets. Reese and Stevens have been charged with narcotic drug sale and possession. Possession of a weapon in, is in a drug offense, conspiracy, and conducting an illegal enterprise. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. Next article here from KTAR.com. Actually, I'm going to... Get you some good beefy one here. Do, 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 do. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Here we go. You'll like this one. This is from azmarijuana.com. Written by Seraph Parfit. Arizona cops are secretly making marijuana concentrates. The Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, MCSO, has confirmed that for about four years, it has been producing marijuana extracts and concentrates. Their program is intended to help prosecutors and law enforcement officers understand the marijuana flower-to-concentrates ratio. 
Phoenix attorney Tom Dean was approached by another attorney regarding a marijuana extracts case, which brought the news of this covert program to light. Dean received a report from MCSO detailing the extent of the extraction lab's capabilities and process. Initially, it appeared that the sheriffs were attempting to make it look as if they had just started creating extracts following the Arizona Supreme Court's ruling in May that legalized extracts in Arizona. The Arizona Department of Health Services still hasn't determined a standardized ratio regarding how much dry flour it takes to create a specified amount of concentrate. If the sheriffs and the health services end up determining two different ratios, then it's unclear which method of measurement will be used. The sheriffs claim it created an information-only report from the results of their own testing procedures following the Supreme Court's ruling. One detective said he'd been conducting chemical and mechanical extractions in training for students to watch, to understand the process, for at least five years, and that his group has been conducting weekly extractions of cannabis oil using non-polar butane extraction method since March 2018. The sheriff said, for over five years, the unit has been trained first responders on the hazards of butane honey oil extractions and the methods cannabis is manufactured from marijuana. For example, one method is to run butane over marijuana to show how basic cannabis oil is manufactured, as well as the flammable and explosive hazards of that process. The task force provides officers and investigators training and prepares expert testimony for prosecuting agencies throughout the state. Therefore, when the question of can a person possess X amount of cannabis and still be covered under the immunities offered under the medical marijuana laws arises, the task force needs to develop a baseline to answer or opinion based on training and experience and support that with facts and evidence if possible. Dean mentioned that the flower to concentrate ratio matters because medical marijuana patients need to know the weight of their cannabis concentrates in order to remain within the legal weight. The difference can mean immunity versus felony. This was written by azmarijuana.com, Arizona sheriffs secretly making marijuana concentrates. Isn't that fun, huh? You're listening to Smoke News Radio. Your host, Jason Brodsky. And we've got some from A to Z Central. AZCentral.com Written by EJ Montini. Titled, Will Cheech and Chong Outfox Arizona Lawmakers. 
I do not know what Arizona, Arizona lawmakers have been smoking, but it must be some righteous stuff because they have got to be high to believe they can prevent marijuana from becoming legal. It is going to happen. And if the legislature doesn't come down with their haughty, contemptuous high, it will happen without them having any input and without being able to fix any potential problems. Those opposed to legalizing marijuana seem to believe they're dealing with a bunch of dazed and confused stoners that they can outsmart and outcampaign. But the backers of the Smart and Safe Arizona Act are less like Cheech and Chong and more like Goldman Sachs. They're smart, sophisticated business people, as they demonstrated recently by having a nonpartisan legislative council look over their initiative in order to eliminate potential problems that might later be challenged. The initiative would permit individuals 21 and older to possess as much as an ounce of marijuana. The effort is funded by medical marijuana dispensaries. This isn't a mom-and-pop enterprise. This is big business. If members of the Arizona legislature were smart, they would take the language that exists in this initiative and put it into a bill and pass it themselves. That way, should any trouble arise in the future, lawmakers could fix the problem. With the law passed by voters, lawmakers don't have that option. The state is stuck with whatever we approve. I understand that many of the Republicans who control the legislature are philosophically opposed to the idea of legalized marijuana, but there is no denying the momentum. Eleven states and Washington, D.C. have legalized marijuana for recreational use for adults over 21. That's in addition to the 33 states that have legalized medical marijuana. Canada legalized marijuana federally. The national polls all show support for such legalization. A Pew Research Center survey said that 62% of Americans believe marijuana should be legalized, double what that number was just 20 years ago. The Republicans who control the Arizona legislature have relied for years on a strategy of trying to make it more and more difficult for citizens to get initiatives on the ballot. It's a sad, desperate approach and goes against the very state constitution. Elected officials have sworn to uphold. Instead of bucking the tide and treating regular citizens as the enemy, the state legislature should follow the example of their colleagues in Illinois, the first state to legalize marijuana through the legislature. Rather than hope there won't be a, the flood, Arizona lawmakers should build an ark. This is from azcentral.com, written by E.J. Montini. Will Cheech and Chong outfox Arizona lawmakers? <laughs> Fun stuff, huh? Fun stuff. Quick, uh, 
update from Ecuador from theleafdesk.com. Ecuador approves medical cannabis use, written by Darren Parkin. Ecuador's government has voted in favor of legislation to make medicinal cannabis legal. The Plenary of National Assembly approved the reform of the Organic Integral Criminal Code that allows the production, commercialization, distribution, use, and consumption of cannabis for medicinal or therapeutic uses in the country. Of the 130 Assembly members, 83 voted yes, with just 33 against the motion. Oh, with just 23 against the motion. One vote was returned blank, while 23 abstained. Possession of up to 10 grams of marijuana for personal consumption is legal in the South American nation, although its sale is prohibited. The plenary vote in favor of medical cannabis is expected to pave the way towards a push for full legalization in 2020. That was from the Leaf Desk. Ecuador approves medical cannabis use. Beautiful. From the marijuanamoment.net, written by Kyle Yeager. Support grows for marijuana legalization bill in Colombia. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. I'm Jason Brodsky. Let's get into this. Colombia's legislature will soon take up a bill to legalize and regulate the production and consumption of marijuana for adults. The legislation, which is being filed by Senator Gustavo Bolivar of the opposition Colombia Humana Party, seeks to end prohibition as means of curtailing crime and supporting a public health-focused approach to drug policy. Bolivar, an author who has written several books centered on drug trafficking, has characterized the bill as being about regularization, not legalization, but it would provide for legal sales to adults with restrictions similar to those imposed for tobacco and alcohol. There would be penalties for selling to underage individuals and smoking wouldn't be permitted in public spaces. The senator pointed to Uruguay, Canada and the states in the US as regulatory models for legalization. It has been proven that crime levels are lowered and public health is improved. He said, according to Columbia reports, Colombia must overcome prohibitionism and break the ties of illegal groups with the control of cannabis so that it is the state that regulates, defines the forms, and understands consumption as a public health problem, he said on Tuesday. Senator Julian Gallo Cubillos of the FARC party said, his coalition supports the legalization and that it represents a new way to fight the scourge of drug trafficking. The proposal has also garnered the support of former President Juan Manuel Santos, an advocate for ending the war on drugs. His Liberal Party 
could make or break the legislation depending on where members fall. While left and center-left lawmakers seem largely united around legalizing marijuana, the issue will likely face resistance from President Ivan Duque, who last year signed a decree banning low-level possession of cannabis and cocaine despite court rulings that such activity is permissible. As Columbia Reports noted, however, Duque's far-right Democratic Center Party is in the minority. We'll have to see how many senators are left to former President Juan Manuel Santos and see how public opinion receives the idea that marijuana can be consumed in public spaces. Senator Paloma Valencia, a member of the President's Party, said, if the country does opt to pursue a regulated cannabis program, it will join Mexico, where lawmakers are readying legislation to legalize marijuana for adult use following a Supreme Court ruling establishing that a ban on possession and cultivation for personal use is unconstitutional. This was from MarijuanaMoment.net, written by Kyle Yeager. Support grows for marijuana legalization bill in Colombia. Okay. Next from Investors.com. Written by Bill Peters. Here's what marijuana stocks must do to sell pot from Colombia. As more investors in marijuana stocks turn to Latin America, Colombia has churned out more than 200 cultivation licenses to marijuana companies doing business there. But those companies need to make their way through the labyrinth approval process before they can legally sell any product domestically or abroad. After that, the process of actually exporting cannabis requires a lot of changes to meet requirements of regulators and authorities on both ends of the deal and even the airline flying the products itself. Big Canadian pop producers like Canopy Growth Tilray and Aurora Cannabis have scattered their investments across Colombia and the rest of the region. Many marijuana companies there already have licenses for cultivation, processing, or other activities. However, companies that want to grow and sell their own cannabis also have to get their strains registered by the government. It is not the same as having a license in Canada. Alfredo Pasquale, international analyst at the industry publication Marijuana Business Daily, said in an interview, having a license is Colombia is like, okay, you're good to play the game now, but now comes the hard part. Marijuana companies can pursue licensing and registration simultaneously, but to get a strain registered, those companies first have to register a seed bank or essentially a collection of seeds. The company then selects a strain from the seed bank to go through a government review process. 
In the process, the government evaluates whether a company can grow that strain consistently. It can take around six months. As one of my team members described it, it's like defending my PhD thesis all over again, said David Gordon, chief corporate officer at Pharmacielo, a cannabis producer that operates in Colombia. You had a stack of paper and six months growing of each one. It had probably taken two or three years to develop each one. If a company passes the government's review, it gets clearance to register the strain in a national database. Once a company registers strain, following a few minor administrative steps, it receives a resolution from regulators that permits them to grow and sell cannabis products based on that strain. However, companies still have to follow a quota if they want to make and sell psychoactive cannabis products defined as those that carry more than 1% THC. What's more, the retail framework for selling cannabis products still isn't fully defined. Even though companies play up their licensing in new releases as of September 18th, only eight marijuana companies operating in Colombia have strains registered, according to Colombian government data. Among those companies are Pharmacielo, Clever Leaves, Chiron Life Sirenses, Santa Marta Golden Hemp, which is majority owned by Avicana, headquartered in Canada. This is from Investors.com by Bill Peters, titled, Here's What Marijuana Stocks Must Do to Sell Pot from Colombia. Colombia, read to you by Jason Brodsky on Smoke News Radio. Radio. Uh, this is a fun one. Real quick, globalnews.ca. More than 600 pounds of marijuana found inside coffin in Colombia. Colombian authorities said Tuesday they had arrested a man after about 660 pounds of marijuana, or approximately 300 kilograms, had been found inside a coffin. The driver of the Hertz was arrested. A little quickie there. Let's see what else is going on here. Smoke news is everywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Everywhere, the most popular thing on this station for sure this is from here's the one from ktar.com written by uh, the, the, the pixels photo <laughs> sorry no Kevin Stone um, titled Arizona support is high for legalizing marijuana but is it high enough Phoenix while support for legalizing marijuana in Arizona outpaces opposition by 10 percentage points according to a new poll advocates shouldn't spark up that victory joint just yet 50 percent of likely voters believe marijuana should be legal for use by all adults while 40 percent oppose the idea and 10 percent are undecided 
according to an OH Predictive Insights poll released Tuesday. Marijuana is currently legal in the state only for medical use with a prescription. The polling was done shortly after Smart Safe Arizona filed an initiative last month to put the issue before voters again. The advocacy group needs to gather 240,000 valid signatures to get the measure on the ballot in 2020. A similar proposal was voted down 51.3% to 48.7% in 2016. In 2018, a group called Safer Arizona tried getting legalization questions on the ballot but collected only about half the necessary signatures. A new poll of 600 likely Arizona voters has a margin of error plus or minus 4% and was conducted in August, less than a week after the new initiative was filed. While the results are positive for supporters, they don't mean the measure is destined to pass easily. The rule of thumb for the ballot initiatives is you typically want your support somewhere in the 60s. Mike Noble, OH Predictive Insights Chief of Research, told KTAR News 92.3 FM. Essentially, once messaging gets out there and the no side starts coming after you, it's kind of a controlled crash as you go from the start down to election day, Noble said. So it will be interesting to see how this develops over time. OH Predictive Insights has been following the issue in Arizona since 2016 in February of this year. Supporters were in the majority for the first time, with 52% in favor, 41 against, 7% unknown. Support actually dropped in Maricopa County since May, but 8 percentage points into the 44% tie with those opposing. However, it went up 9 percentage points in rural regions and 8 percentage points in Pima County. It's interesting that we saw a bit of growth in rural portions of Arizona, Noble said. I'm curious to see why that is. This was by KTAR.org, written by Kevin Stone. Arizona support is high in legalizing marijuana. But is it high enough? All right, let's jump back over to Colombia. See how things are going here as the show progresses. Smoke News Radio. Smoke News Radio. This is from the NPR.org or NPR.org, National Public Radio. Written by John Otis, titled, Colombia is turning into a major medical marijuana producer. Patricia Santiago and her family were forced to flee their home near Colombia's Caribbean coast after complaining about neighborhood dope dealers who, in turn, threatened to kill them. But in an odd twist, Santiago now works in the drug trade at a medical marijuana facility. At first, Santiago felt like she was breaking the law 
as she pruned and clipped cannabis plants on a plantation run by a Colombian firm called Clever Leaves. However, the government legalized medical marijuana in 2016, and now Clever Leaves is exporting cannabis products based in, Can in Canada and the United Kingdom. Rather than a symbol of the country's dark past of narco-fueled violence, Santiago smiles and says, Colombian drugs can now be used to treat people. At least that's the bet of a growing number of entrepreneurs who are building vast marijuana plantations and state-of-the-art pharmaceutical laboratories that produce everything from cannabis-based pain relievers for cancer patients to dog treats that act as calming agents. Other countries are passing laws to permit the production, import, and export of medical marijuana. But Colombia has a leg up because it did so three years ago, says Rodrigo Arcila, president of Colombian Cannabis Industry Association. He said the group's 29 member companies have invested more than $600 million in building medical marijuana facilities. Arcia maintains that Colombia can produce cannabis products at lower prices than competitors due to affordable land, relatively low wages, and an abundance of skilled farmhands who cut their teeth in Colombia's booming flower business. Colombia sits near the equator, giving it 12 hours of daily sunlight year-round. By contrast, Countries with seasonal variations require the extensive use of artificial lights, which drive up production costs. This is a marvelous opportunity in a country where drugs have caused so many problems. Colombia is already well known as a major marijuana supplier. In the 1960s and 1970s, tons of illegal Colombian cannabis mostly grown in the Sierra Nevada mountains near the Caribbean coast, were smuggled into the United States. But marijuana traffickers, including the late drug lord Pablo Escobar, soon switched to cocaine, which was far more profitable. That made Colombia ground zero for the war on drugs, a conflict that in the 1980s and 90s killed thousands of Colombians, police and army soldiers, anti-drug agents, judges, and politicians. In recent years, Colombia, like Canada, several European and Latin American nations, and many U.S. states, has taken a more permissive stance on pot. Since the mid-1990s, Colombian courts have upheld the right of individuals to possess up to 20 grams of marijuana through a government decree last year banned people from using drugs in public. As an emergent venture, it's unclear how the medical marijuana business will play out. For example, it remains illegal to import marijuana-based products into the United States. Due to government bureaucracy in Colombia, it can take months or years for startups to secure the proper permits and licenses. Yet the uncertainty has stopped companies from betting big on cannabis. 
Chiron, a Canadian firm founded in 2017 and based in, Col- in Colombia's capital of Bogota, now has marijuana plantations in this country as well as Chile and Uruguay. CEO Alvaro Torres, a 40-year-old Colombian engineer, says one reason he has gotten involved in the business was the occurrence of so many high-profile deaths, including the music star Prince from opioid-based drugs. So I look at that and say, why not cannabis, which has less hazardous effects for the body? Julian Wilges, who co-founded Clever Industries, Clever Leaves, in 2016, used to work for the Colombian Justice Ministry, combating the illegal narcotics industry, but he has fully embraced medical cannabis. I feel great about doing this, Wilshus says, during a tour of the Clever Leaves facility in the town of Pesca, a four-hour drive from Bogota. This is the right way to use controlled substances. The land around Pesca has long been used for potato and dairy farming, but it's now home to 37 acres of marijuana bushes. Clever Leaves intends to increase the acreage to more than 200 by 2021 in its quest to become the world's largest medical marijuana company. Inside greenhouses, Clever Leaves workers wearing smocks and rubber gloves, water, prune, and clip the cannabis plants, which grow to a height of about five feet before they are harvested. The flowers, which are rich in chemical compounds called cannabinoids, are then dried and ground into a powder that is turned into oils, extracts, and crystals at a Clever Leaves laboratory. Pharmaceuticals always come from the global north to South America, to Africa, to Asia. Wilshire says this is something that is changing that model. This is from Colombia to the world. This is from NPR.org, written by John Otis, titled, Colombia is turning into a major medical marijuana producer. Fantastic. You're listening to Smoke News Radio. Read to you by Jason Brodsky. I am finding articles on the internet and reading them to you. There is so much marijuana news happening. Any place, any country you type the name and the word marijuana, there will be an article about it. There's, I can imagine, like no country out there that it does not have anything going on about marijuana right now in the world. And so I want to thank you guys very much for listening. Smoke News Radio, brought to you by the California Cannabis Hemp Initiative 2016 and the new California Cannabis Heritage Initiative 2020 to help bring proper non-taxing and proper growing and be able to grow more than six plants and a whole bunch of other goodies. Please uh, check out more happening in your local neighborhood. I want to thank you very, very much. And until Jack Johnson writes me a song about marijuana news, we've got the World News Report from Mr. Jack Johnson. 
Thank you very much for listening. I've been Jason Brodsky. A billion people died on the news tonight But not so many cried at the devil's side Well, Mama said, it's just make-believe You can't believe everything you see So baby, close your eyes to the lullaby That it would be alright To put the music behind the news tonight Well mama said You can't believe everything you hear The diegetic world is so unclear So baby close your ears On the news tonight The unobtrusive tones on the news tonight And Mama said Why don't the newscasters cry when they read about people who die At least they could be decent enough to put just a tear in their eyes Mama said, it's just make-believe You can't believe everything you see So baby, close your eyes to the lullabies On the news died on the news tonight But not so many cried at the devil's side Well, Mama said, it's just make-believe You can't believe everything you see So baby, close your eyes to the lullaby That it would be alright To put the music behind the news tonight Well mama said You can't believe everything you hear The diegetic world is so unclear So baby close your ears On the news tonight The unobtrusive tones on the news tonight And Mama said mm-hmm. 
Why don't the newscasters cry when they read about people who die? At least they could be decent enough to put just a tear in their eyes. But Mama said, it's just make believe. You can't believe everything you see. So baby, close your eyes to the lullaby. 